praise God. Oh, such a rich <laughs> presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, when we, uh, Holy Spirit leads, um, it's almost like everyone's been sent out a memo about what he's going to say or what they're going to say. I just love it. It's always just such a beautiful flow. And um, we prophesy in part. And, uh, whoa, I think just thank the Lord for a continual flow of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That he flood the eyes of our understanding with light today. Amen. That we come to know the hope that we're called to and the exceeding greatness of the inheritance that he has given us that abides in us, that's in us and flows through us because we believe. Amen. Hallelujah. So we just welcome spirit of wisdom and revelation to bring deeper insight into the mysteries of Christ within the hope of glory. Deeper insight into the love of God. Hallelujah. Into your love, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you'd lavished upon us when we were dead and slain in our sins and our trespasses, in order to express the deep love that you have, the intense love that you have for us. You gave us at that time the very life of Christ himself. That same new life with which you quickened him, you have quickened us with the Lord. We thank you for wisdom and understanding in insight into this love into this intense love with which you love us. That we would be rooted and grounded in your love, founded securely, that our security is in the fact that you love us. The conviction comes so strongly, Lord, that nothing, we declare that nothing can separate us from your love. And you know that there's so much right now, church, that is trying to separate us from the love of God. Amen. Fear comes to separate us from God's love. But perfect love, when perfect love comes, it casts out fear. Amen. It sends terror running in terror, which is what happened this morning. Fear is running in terror. Hallelujah. This morning. Amen. Bless the Lord. We believe it, we declare it, we decree it, and God establishes it for us. Amen? Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm going to head straight up to, the, to um, Romans chapter 8 this morning from verse 31, and I am going to read it from the Passion Translation. The heading, the heading of this particular passage there is the triumph of God's love. The triumph, the victory of God's love. Bless the Lord. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And I'm just going to add to that our faith in the love that God treasures for us, his people. The love that God treasures for the globe, for the world. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to start from verse 31. And verse 31 says, so what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? I just want us to wash in these scriptures this morning. 
that we celebrate this word, that we allow the water of the washing of the water of the word to, to totally drive fear out and to drive a stake in the ground that we know we have absolute assurance that God loves us. Amen? Now. Amen? That it's a love that's so intense that there's nothing that we can possibly do to earn it. It's a love that's so intense that there's nothing we can do to stop it. There's nothing that we can do to be separated from it. But there would be things that would come that would, would want to separate us from it. And we're going to have a look at that this morning. And I'll just jump ahead of it myself a little bit and say, it's the foxes. But we're going to deal with some foxes this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then can ever stand against us. Verse 32, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Because he's given us, this is in the scripture, this he's given us already everything that he has in his son. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness in his son, now as our present possession. Verse 33. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? Who then would dare who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. Not guilty. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Not guilty. Why don't you turn to someone and say, not guilty. Hallelujah. You know, see, when God looks at you, he sees not guilty because he sees you through the blood of Jesus, which has paid the price for every sin, every mistake. Hallelujah. Come on, that's shouting material, church. I know what's been hounding some of you lately, but that's shouting material because God declares you not guilty. He sees the blood of Jesus as being paid the price already. Amen? So if you're working for favor, put down your work stuff, put down your tools, put down your plow, put down your shovel, put down your pick, put down your hoe. Get rid of your sackcloth and ashes. Hallelujah. Amen? And step into the grace of God's unconditional love. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Not guilty. Turn to someone else and say, not guilty. Ha, 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 Verse 34, who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen 
exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? He is continually praying for our triumph. How can he condemn us and pray for us at the same time? Glory to God. Verse 35. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Oh, glory to God. This is good preaching. So this is really, really good preaching. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Just going to repeat that. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. So whatever happening now has not, has not got the power. Whatever is happening in your life has not got the power to come between you and him. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats, no, for they are all impotent. Oh, come on. For they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Oh, come on. They are all, all of these things listed here, are impotent, meaning unable to take effective action. Oh, come on. Helpless or powerful, powerless. Helpless or powerless. Unable to take effective action because of the power of his love. And some would say, why aren't we seeing this happen? You know, this, this becomes manifest in our life when it actually becomes our reality here, that our mind is renewed to this word, that we stop separating ourselves from it and looking at ourselves and thinking why we don't qualify when Jesus is the one who has already qualified us. His blood paid the price and it's enough to position us in this place where nothing can separate us from this omnipotent love, which is, hallelujah, meaning, his omnipotent love means unlimited power. His love is, un is, is unlimited power. He's saying nothing can separate you from my unlimited power. So there's nothing that coming against you that has the power to disconnect you from my unlimited power. Hey!
Let's just go and have some lunch and come back for the second session. You see, what's happened, if we are walking in fear, the enemy has managed to separate us from the conscious awareness of how much we are loved unlimited. That there's no limits on that love. You see, while we're still in that place of trying to earn God's love, we will always find a reason as to why he's holding back his unlimited power in our life. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. You are wholly his. And he never loses his hold on you. Corimanto solo le calambariende is holding you in the palm of his hand and he will never let go. Orembaste, because you belong to him. Orembando oshende, you are the apple of his eye. Orembando osole calamba, and his eyes are always upon you. Orembando, his eyes are always upon the righteous. Romba sikite enempo orinte, and you are the righteousness of God in him. Remba sorikite, take a hold of this perfect love. Remando soroki hinde hinde, you are perfectly loved by him. Remando because you are in him, you are in him, you are in him. Remando soritai, remember you belong to him. Drosi hamband, you are his prized possession. Kambori say, Kaminin to Rimba Hosi. Come into his unmerited favor, the grace of his love. Rosto Hoyambai, abounding, abounding, abounding towards you. Rimba Hase Hende. Thank you, Lord. Do you have any more of that, Robert? Robert, do you have any more of that? Do you have any more of that? No? Okay, cool. Oh, he does. Okay. Come on. Do you have more of that word? Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 1 John 1, 4 tells us that God is love. God is love. 
we are never separated from him in his sight. But we can, through fear or things that come against us, we can actually be separated from the conscious awareness of the love of God. It can be like a separation in a marriage but not divorced. Like you not, might not be living in union with someone, but you're still one. One John four five to eight in the Amplified. I'm going to read it. Verse fifteen. Anyone who confesses, acknowledges, owns that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides. Lives. Just affirming what Robert just said. <sighs> abides, lives, makes his home in him. And he abides, lives, makes his home in God. And we know, understand, recognize and are conscious of by observation and by experience and believe, adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love that God cherishes for us. That's where our faith abides. In the love that God cherishes for us. You know, in Galatians we see that the word says that faith works by love. And I remember Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder so long ago and saying, Kim, your, your faith will work through the intimate knowledge of how much I love you. Knowing that I haven't held anything back from you. It's not in him to hold anything back from you. Because everything that he has is already given. He cannot give you any more than what he has given you. He's given you himself. He's given himself to you completely. Hallelujah. Unto death. Praise you, Jesus. Verse 17. In this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he, he is, hold you, so are we in this world. Of his hand. Not it's only wonderful to actually have salah moments in the word of God because we can speak them out, we can quote them, we can read them, but God says, I want you to abide in this. I want you to make a feast of this word. I want you to sit and I want you to enjoy it. I want you to chew it. I want you to digest it until it becomes flesh in your life. That you begin to live on this earth as a loved one, knowing that you are loved by God. And that it doesn't matter what happens, 
Nothing can separate you from the unlimited power of God's love operating on your behalf. Hallelujah. And I don't know whether you watch any National Geographic. Um, um, well, this has just come to me, so I'll say any of the, you know, the, the uh, documentaries where in wildlife where you see this lion, you know, just totally annihilating anything, any other predator that would come anywhere near their young ones. And, and, and that's, that's in the animal kingdom. How much more does the line of the tribe of Judah roar over that which it belongs to him? And he's roaring in this time. Hallelujah. That when these things come, the line of the tribe of Judah is roaring over me and he's roaring over you. Can you hear the angel singing as heaven rejoices as he roars over you? God's saying we have to step into this place where we no longer exempt ourselves from the love of God. He's actively pursuing continually. The Lord said to David, actively pursue what's been stolen. Actively pursue, overtake and restore everything that's been stolen. Jesus came and he actively pursued everything that had been stolen. Amen? That's us, into, to bring us back into right relationship with God. That we live as loved ones under the shadow of his wings. And that place is a power that no foe, someone say no foe, can withstand. God's waiting for this declaration of the church that I am a loved one. I am loved by God. Amen? Touch not God's anointed. Don't do his prophets any harm. Amen? Those words spoken out of a heart that's filled with the word of God the love of God sends him fleeing, sends him packing. Amen? Come on, Dibreste. Come into this place. Oremande, it's a vast place of grace. It's a mandate. It's not just a request, it's a mandate. Ha <laughs> ha. Verse 18 of 1 John 4. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. <laughs> That's what we did today. <sighs> yes. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Praise the Lord. We grow in the revelation of his love. Perfect love casts out fear. You know, God wants us to live in a place where terror does not exist. Amen? That we're walking in that place where his unlimited power is not limited by our finite, finite thinking. That we enter into that eternal realm <laughs> and begin to 
understand from an eternal perspective. I love the words of the prophet, rejoice not against me, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Amen? <laughs> Some of you need to be laughing a lot more. Because with every time persecution comes, every time something comes, we rejoice because we know how you're going to, I don't know how you're going to do this, God, but I know you're going to do it because your power is unlimited. And the power of the enemy is totally limited. Amen? If I don't receive his lies, he has no access to my life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I've still got time. That's right, isn't it? I've still got some time. Praise the Lord. Because I want to get to this. While I was meditating on this, the Lord said to me, it's the foxes. It's the foxes. It's the foxes. Now, some people think that foxes are really cuddly little things, so let's just keep them close. Let's not deal with them because they're sweet, you know, got a fluffy tail. Let's just, they're cute. The foxes are cute. Cute little fox. Destroying wildlife on people's property, just destroying things. And sorry if you real, real love foxes, but foxes can be the greatest enemy. A great enemy. Amen. Song of Solomon. Chapter 2, this is where he took me. Verse 15. This reveals the heart of Jesus and his longing for his bride. Longing for his union and describes his, the union of love that he has with his bride. I'm going to read that as well out of the Passion Translation. Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 14. You must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. Now oh, he's talking as Jesus is to his bride. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. They raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. We will do it together. Now in the footnotes of the Passion Translation, it says these foxes are the compromises that have hidden deep in our hearts. The foxes keep the fruit of the Spirit from growing within us. These are the things that we keep within our hearts that, that hinder our connection with God. So much to do with, I believe God's saying this morning, is us not forgiving ourselves. Or even holding on to past things that have already been forgotten by our God. But familiar spirits, because they were present at the time, love to remind you of how you do not qualify to be loved the way God loves with his love. Those little foxes, you'd have to, you know, the only way we know 
those things. The only way Holy Spirit will, will, can remove them from our lives is for us to actually be vulnerable enough in the love of God to say, what is it that's hindering our relationship? Because in, in Joel, we see that he says, turn and keep on coming until every hindrance removed. Amen? Every blockage is removed, hindrance is removed until broken fellowship is restored. What is that fellowship with God? It's fellowship with his love. God's saying, I want to remove those things. But as we grow in our securities in the fact that God loves us, we become bolder, our, our shield, uh, the the. the um, a breastplate of righteousness gives us the courage to be vulnerable enough to say, Lord, what is it that needs to be removed? What do, where's the fox that's stopping? Where's the foxes that are hindering our fellowship, our complete, our absolute communion with one another? Amen? Thank you, Father. I'm going to read that scripture again. These foxes, about the foxes, you must catch the troubling ones. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. I want to go back, see if fox can, poor little fox, dear little fox, cute little fox. No. Sometimes we begin holding on to those things that might even, you might even have a stuffed fox, a, a, a soft toy that looks like a fox and you might like cuddling it at night time but I tell you it's doing you no good God's saying we want to deal with that fox let's, let's do something with that fox let's purposely hunt that thing down with the help of the Holy Spirit and remove it in the name of Jesus amen bless the Lord bless the Lord thank you Father because the foxes spoil. Let's have a look from the Amplified. My heart was touched and I fervently sang to him my desire. Take for us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, vineyards of our love. For our vineyards are in blossom. Praise God. The vineyards of our love. Love is the new wine that removes the inferior of the old, that we would be working for love rather than living from love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. If anything I am doing is not from love, anything that I am thinking is not from love, I am not conscious of my union with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Why don't you just pause and think about that for a second. You see, Jesus cannot be um, separated from compassion. He is love. He brought a demonstration of the compassion of the love of Father. He was a perfect representation of the Father's love. And God's saying this needs to be in your core. The core value of the church is love. Amen? Our love for God and our love for others. You know, in this time that we're living in, this season that we're living in right now, we're, you know, as a church, because of love, because Jesus was a perfect representation of the love of God and he went about doing good and healing everybody who was oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Amen? He pursued 
he, he walked and pursued people to actually bring them into an experience of the Father's love. Now, if there's a time ever that we need to, as a church, be pursuing love, pursuing healing, I mean, goodness me, this is our finest hour. <laughs> Amen? Because of love, because we're moved by compassion. Jesus was moved by compassion and he healed. He healed people. Amen? It needs to be stirring in the heart of the church right now to pursue healing. The motivation, love, the, the, the motivation being love, I want to see you whole. I want to see you complete. I want to see you undamaged by what's going on right now. Amen? As sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The enemy has been seeking to glorify sickness in this season. And what has happened is that sickness is being normalized. Right through. Like this is normal. It's being normalized. It's not just that people are accepting it, but standing on uncertain ground. This is not a time for us to be anything other than rooted and grounded in the love of God. And I'm going to pray for us in a little bit. Amen? Some of the church are feeling like sitting ducks. Where's God to be seen? I'm sitting duck. And this, this thing is, this, we are not sitting ducks. Amen? We're the ones that are pursuing. We're the ones that are armed. Amen? Amen? We're the ones that are hunting down that which is not in line with God's truth. Amen? Pursue, overtake, restore. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Jesus is with us and we don't have to try and find out what his plan is for our health because it hasn't changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Faith looks like us walking through this with Jesus, guys. Faith looks like right now in this season, as in every season, us walking this through with Jesus. Amen? Faith looks like him being in the fire with us. And when he is, we don't get burnt or come out smelling of smoke. We might get thrown in the fire, but we don't get burnt and we don't come out smelling either. Amen? Because we refuse to bow down to the narrative of the world. In Hebrews 11, we see all the faith giants operating in faith through their battles because they knew that he would act on their behalf. They could not be separated by God's unlimited power of love. Impossibilities bow their knee to the name of Jesus. Amen. Living in this season, we are continually being bombarded with a fearful narrative around the well-being of our physical health. Healing is a byproduct of knowing how much you are loved. And healing 
is a product that is being given to the world as we pray for them because we are compelled by love to see them free. We're compelled by the love that we embrace, that we know, that we experience for ourselves to give his love, to bring a demonstration of his love. And it's not going to happen if you're just sitting with you and yourself and yourself and you on your couch. As I spoke about David last week, where he sat on his couch and sent everyone else to war. And when he got up from his couch, what did he do? He got into sin with Bathsheba and caused a lot of problems because his meditation wasn't, hey, come on, you know, where it should have been. I don't believe he was sitting there praying for them while they were out in battle. If he got up from his couch and went straight into sin. Amen? Well, I'll just sit on my couch and pray. Awesome, let's do that too. But, you know, we're called to active service. Amen? Hallelujah. That might mean us stepping out and getting out of fear and enjoying the liberties that we have been given. Bless the Lord. <sighs> Healing is a byproduct of knowing him. Matthew 14. I'm just going to go there. just got a couple of amazing scriptures I want to share with you. And um, now, uh, yes. More amazing scriptures. Matthew 14, verse 14, amplified. I'll give the history. Let's just get into it. When he, when he went ashore, talking about Jesus, and saw the great throng of people, he had compassion, pity, and deep sympathy for them, and he cured their sick. Let's remember in this that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because of love and compassion, he healed. Amen? And it was a great throng of people, a lot of people. But Jesus revealed the heart of God. Let's look in Matthew 15, verse 30. And a great multitude came to him. Now let's think about that in the context of today. A great multitude needed healing. A great multitude came to him. Someone say a great multitude came to him. You know, what they did is they brought with them their lame, their maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. Someone say many others. And they put them down at his feet and he cured them. So that the crowd was amazed when they saw the dumb speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they recognized and praised and thanked and glorified the God of Israel. There's so much to draw out of this passage. I just want to highlight, hey, this must have been an unforgettable meeting. We're talking about multitudes of people who needed help, multitudes of people that he actually touched and cured through his unlimited power. What is his unlimited power? Love. The unlimited power of God's love. Jesus knew how unlimited God's love was. I know about you, but I'm not satisfied with one or two getting healed of a headache and I'm not undermining what God has done in this place, in this church ourselves. We've got so many incredible testimonies, but I'm not satisfied. Here we see one meeting where Jesus 
healed a multitude of people. And I believe because he understood and knew that God's power was not limited to healing one. It was enough to heal a nation. It was enough to deal with this virus. It was enough. There's enough power. Oh, hallelujah. To deal with it globally. Well, someone says, oh, far out, going a bit far right now. Well, I'm not relying on our faith. It's the faith of God. If we, have, if we believe and trust the faith of God that we have been given, we're not talking about our faith. We're talking about his faith. Have the faith of God. It shall ever shall speak to that mountain, be thou art removed and, and cast into the sea, but not doubt, but believe in his heart that the things that he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. But that's why Jesus precedes it and says, have the faith of God. He's given us his faith. It's faith as a gift today that's being released as his word is being sent and his word is being heard. But God's saying, hear with the ear of your heart. Now it's interesting that those three words are all in the word heart. Hear, ear, heart. Hear with the ear of your heart today. Not your head. Do you mean to say that our prayers could touch a nation? Absolutely, because his love is unlimited and he wants everyone. It says God's will, and Peter says it is God's will that all men, someone say all men, be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Be saved. You know, that word encompasses, I can't go right into it, that word encompasses healing. So let's bring it into this context. It's God's will that all men be healed. Amen? And come into the knowledge, look at that word knowledge, the, it's talking about experiential knowledge of the truth. Not just to hear about, but to experience it. And you know, once the people begin to experience the love of God in the area of need that they have, they are no longer at the mercy of anybody's theology. One of those being, God doesn't, you know, not everyone, God doesn't want everyone healed. That's one of them. But once you've experienced it and you know that there's nothing you can possibly do to earn it, then you know what it's for everybody. Healing is for all. Jesus healed them all. He never, he never said no to one person. He established the will of the Father by walking it out here on earth. He came to bring a demonstration. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. This must have been an unforgettable meeting. Well, it's unforgettable because we continue to read the testimonies. If our faith is in his love, we know. We know. And we stop looking for why he might hold back. He's not holding back. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'll skip forward here and just finish up. It was at the feet of Jesus that he laid them. They laid them. The sick, the lame. And Jesus' faith wasn't rocked by the multitudes. He knew the unlimited power of God. You know, when we look at the gate, beautiful... We see Peter and John there in Acts 3, verse 6. 
where this man had been uh, lame for life and he was there begging. Peter said to him, silver and gold money I do not have, but what I do have that I give you in the use of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, walk. You know, I believe part of this is that they actually knew that he was asking for something inferior. You see much happening today because of the love of money. It's the root of all evil. But they had something more superior, and that was the name of Jesus. Amen? They knew that in using the name of Jesus, this man would actually receive the power to get wealth, the power to live. Amen? The life that Jesus came to give him. Praise God. They knew that there was no limit to what God could do. And he, the man, was looking through a, a different lens, a limited lens, a limited lens. Just give me something for today. Now Jesus did that. He was benevolent. And we are benevolent as a church, but we have the greater answer. Amen. Why don't you stand up right now? And uh, what I would really like to do is I want to pray for our nation. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Hallelujah. And um, But first off, I want to just release this prayer over us as a body, as a church. Because this is by the Spirit. You know, it's by the Spirit. It's a work of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural divine intervention to actually be able to comprehend the love of God. Because we'll never find natural evidence of us actually being able to, to, to earn it or, 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 to, or, or to qualify. But Jesus is the one who qualified for us. So this is why prayer is so important. So would you just position your hearts and, and, and to receive this, this prayer as I pray it over you and myself today. It's from Ephesians 3, 14. I've prayed it many times over you, but hey, let's just be washed in it. Let it come alive in you today. For this reason, seeing the greatness of his plan by which you are built together in Christ. I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name, may he grant you, out of the rich treasury of his glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man, by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may truly, really come to know practically through experience for yourselves 
the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is as work, at work within us, be able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So be it. Amen. Amen. I want to just pick up on verse 21 there. Throughout all generations. That means this generation. This generation are not exempt from a demonstration of the unlimited power of God's love operating in and through his church. Amen? Glory to God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your unlimited power that it is at work within us and working through us. Father, we thank you that we see in your scriptures, in your word, Lord God, where Jesus healed the multitude. Father, we see a multitude suffering with fear and sickness across this nation. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to pour out your compassion upon this nation. Pour out your mercy upon our nation, Father. Pursue this nation with your love, overtake it with your love, and restore it back to its original intention via your love, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask, we thank you, Father, that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything that we could possibly think, dream, or speak according to the power that you have invested in us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a clap offering and thank him. Hallelujah. Come on, you can clap louder, you can do some stamping, you can do whatever. Give him a shout, a shout of freedom. Amen. Give him a roar. Hallelujah. The line of Judah is roaring. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your restorative power overtaking our nation in Jesus' name. Be so blessed. Whew. Come on, Brad. Come on. Hey, glory to God. Want you to